Dun, 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 dun. Oh God! Dun, dun. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's almost unfair how that's those things. They take all the uh, the supposed bad stuff, which I guess is bad. They don't take all of it out, mm-hmm. but they take a good amount of it out. But those are still so fucking good. Oh yeah, they taste like Oreos. That's literally all they taste like. If Oreos were good, Oreos are good. I know. Oreos rule, although they are a bit chalky if you don't put them in the milk. Um, uh, I like them. I'm a fan of the lemon Oreo. If you've had one, I've had them and they're fine. Yeah. They're great. Yeah, they're not fine. They're great. They're going to make an appearance at the Halloween party this year. Really? Mm-hmm. You know what won't be making appearance at the Halloween party you. this year? Me? Yes. I quit. Okay. I'm going to have a rival Halloween party with Coke and hookers. Can't compete with that. I'm going to get some of that Coke that kills people. You know what I mean? The stuff that killed Marilyn Monroe. New Coke? Yeah. You know New Coke? Fun thing that I learned last night while watching one of those timeline videos. New Coke stayed around until 2002. What? Yeah. Who was drinking it? They just kept making it. They just kept making it. Like, it took them six months to realize that people like the old formula better. It was garbage. But they just kept making New Coke. I got to go get something. Hold on. I'll be right back. But they kept making it. I'll keep talking. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> they for some reason until 2002. No clue why. They just did. It's just a thing, you know. So you're out of the tome. Almost. I got a little bit left. Mm-hmm. Enough to get me through tomorrow. I need to uh, order some. That's. I worked a 16-hour shift yesterday. Goddamn. So is that? Uh, are you on day shift yet? Mm-hmm. That's pretty neat. So, so it was work. eight in the morning until midnight. Which isn't bad. I would rather do that than midnight until oh fuck until that four noise. in the afternoon. That know. is horrendous. Like it is because your body wants to sleep, and then when you get home, you're so fucking exhausted that the only thing you do is sleep until it's time to go. You know, and back in at midnight. You know, it's just us. Oh, you didn't work today, did you? Yeah, or you did. Mm-hmm. I worked last. I worked yesterday from eight a.m. To midnight. And I got up back. I went back. Actually, I was three minutes late today. I got up. Yeah. I'm never late. Like, I woke up two hours to spare. I was still tired. I was like, I'll lay back down for an hour, you know. <laughs> woke up 751. It's like, whoopsie. Yeah. First time I'm late in five years. Yeah, but it was a, you had not enough time to sleep. It's a quick return. Yeah. They used to pay you overtime, uh, pay for that. Whether you're over 40 hours or not, right. if it was your first shift of the week. Yes. That's some union shit right there. Yeah, every I remember people shit on unions, but unions are great. Yeah, that that type of stuff rules. Like the um, in the UMWA, everything over seven and a quarter, no matter how. If you only worked eight hours that week, forty five minutes of it was overtime. Right. Um, you work your birthday; it's double time. You work. My, my dad worked every one of his birthdays, no matter what. He worked um, on Christmas. He'd take evening shift, and it would be triple time. Shit. That's a whole paycheck. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would just do that every time because he had five retards that he had to fucking raise, and all of us are fat, and we were. <laughs> <laughs> he had to feed all of us. <laughs> I love your family's dynamic. <laughs> the funniest thing ever is when your your Nintendo's. sister your sister posted something about your dad dying. You put it, it should have been you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it should have been. <laughs> one of the funniest fucking things <laughs> at the done? time i didn't find it funny <laughs> but since i'm like i get it what's she done i mean come on larry under was was a great man his <laughs> legacy lives on till this day 
Chris, not so much. Not even a man. <laughs> uh, let's play the music, shall we? Of course we shall. Oh! Nate Diaz was talking pure shit to Brock Lesnar. That makes sense. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Calling him a, a, a fucker and all kinds of stuff and saying I'm sick. Called him dick chest. Because <laughs> of that fucking tattoo on his chest. They might be setting up an angle in the WWE. I don't think he is. I th- he, that's one of the things he's talked about. He's like, I'm sick of him and his professional wrestling bullshit. I'm right there with him because I despise Brock Lesnar. And some of the stuff I've heard on Dark Side of the Ring makes me hate him even worse. Say it to his face. Never. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? I can hate somebody and still be afraid of him. Yeah. Well, not afraid of him. I mean, I, if he's not, you don't have to be afraid of Brock Lesnar. He's not. Jesus Christ, he's right behind. Ah! <laughs> I get in the F5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Like, again, that's one of those situations. I don't care if it was Brock Lesnar. Like, you put me in the right situation, I would not be afraid of him. I know I would lose. I'm not fucking stupid and have any illusions about what would happen. But that doesn't mean I'm going to be afraid of him. You know, like if he said something to my daughter or my girlfriend or my mom, I'm going to fight you. I'm going to lose. But he probably wouldn't say anything to him, though. He doesn't seem like that kind of guy. He actually, from I've only heard really good things about him recently. I think he had some comeuppance when he got that when he got sick. I think yeah. that really I think that really changed his frame of mind. Yeah, when he got really sick and he started getting his ass whooped in yeah. the UFC. And then he realized what that actually feels like to be, you know, Alistair Overeem beat the shit out of him. I mean, yeah. it just Cain Velasquez beat the shit out of yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, um he's won his last couple, but that's against very favorable matchups right. to him. Like he they put him against a striker instead of somebody they can grapple and he just take take him down and Lay on him for a while. Logan Paul thought he'd challenge the mountain to a fight on his show. That is very silly. Yeah. The mountain. And I think he thought he was, you know, the mountain was like, well, he's like, well, we should do that right now. And mountain got up and said, come on. <laughs> I mean, Logan Paul sit there and shit in his Logan pants. Paul's probably a, a better actual boxer than him, but that is a that doesn't matter. Human being like you can't hurt that man. <laughs> yeah, that's he could he'd punch him. I mean, like even as a technically perfect punch, the mountain would be like. Okay, now he's going to grab him and snap him in half. Six eleven. You're going to have a hard time putting any power on his chin. Yeah, gonna, I mean, he's even lost 100 point, 120 pounds, and you're still not. You know, yeah. that's that's coming down from over four hundred pounds. Yeah. So he was probably close to five at some point. I don't know if he was quite that big. I know he was over four. He's a big giant dude. I know. Jesus, that Christ. that that thing between him and Eddie Hall is completely made up. They're not, oh yeah, they're working it because they are actually going to fight, right? But they want people to buy it, so right. you, you got to play the game. Eddie is playing, taking the role of the of the villain. You know, he's yeah. talking all the shit. Of course, he's very good at it. Yeah, and the mountain said he's the biggest bully on the internet. I'm like, shit, big, big bully, fuck you. Have you met a virgin from Idaho that <laughs> lives in his mom's basement? That's the biggest bully on the internet. Who hates The Last of Us 2 because it dares to have a muscular woman and a lesbian? Somebody that doesn't know anything about muscles and talking shit about women that have muscles. Let's talk about people talking about things that don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. um, the, Mount, the Fighting Football Mountaineers of West Virginia University had a football game last night against the Oklahoma State or the Oklahoma Sooners. Had a pretty good showing. The defense is very good. That poor defense 
keeps belling out the on offense. the field, although. And that offense just cannot do anything. Right. And then you have people that I know for a fact never played football just talking shit. They need to do this. They need to do that. Strap it on, bud. You never did it when we were, when exactly. we were kids. Strap it on. Put the helmet on. Let's strap up the pads. Wear that 50 pounds of gear all summer long right. and fucking do it. You never did it, but now you got all kinds of advice. Jesus, I, w- I wanted to have a heart attack just thinking about football practice. <sighs> it was so fucking hard. It is so hard. First practice of the year is so fucking awful. Especially if you're... Especially now. It's hotter now. I mean, when we were kids, it wasn't this hot. Well, also, if you didn't prepare. Right. You had to prepare all summer long right. for football. I didn't. I did. I mean, I worked out, but I, I lifted weights and I, I, I ran run. at least a mile a day. But I wish I'd had somebody to coach me to give me that dedication. I didn't, you know, I had somebody who would occasionally talk me, tell, tell me what a piece of shit I was and what I wasn't doing right. If I'd have been around, I'd have told you that stuff. I mean, but in, in a constructive oh, way, you okay. know, this was not in a constructive way. This oh. was just you're a piece of shit. So, um, <laughs> but if between Twitter and Facebook, there's so many experts about football. We should we should play we should uh, play this the backup quarterback, the most popular football player on any team. It's the backup quarterback. Is the put backup that backup in? Who he didn't ever, get the starting job for a reason. Well, I mean, he whenever he comes in, there's a little bit of a spark. Yeah, but also like the the what might have cost us the game was a bad snap to the quarterback. Because you bring in two quarterbacks all the time, it fucks up the cadence, and the center gets confused. Because right. I don't know if you know this or not, offensive linemen are used to one thing, and you get used to that thing. Yeah, I was a center. Yeah, switching quarterbacks sucks. Switching quarterbacks sucks. The way they have a different, the, they have a different style to hike them to it. They have a, you know, I had yeah. to turn for for my buddy Griff who just passed away not long ago. Oh. I had to hike it like this. I had to hut and turn yeah. it and put it into his hands. The other guy could take it, you know. And wise, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. I mean, and he was a good quarterback too. But um, but Griff had the softest touch. Boom, you know, and he just he'd roll out. And he's quick, quick. He's a great man. He was a great football player. But um, but the uh, the cadence is different, and the yeah. center snapped it a little bit soon, and the mm-hmm. quarterback wasn't ready for it. He was looking the other he way. Tried to go twenty one yard loss. God, I heard about that. And actually. we end up having to punt, and they methodically drive down the field and get a field goal to win the game as time runs out. Still, uh, what? An away game, that's a pretty good show. You go in there. It house. is. They're the number three ranked team in the fucking country. Yeah. And of course that they were their student section was chanting for their backup quarterback the entire time too. God. <laughs> but that defense, there's something there. Bunch of drunken frat boys. After, yeah! watch, after watching that, I think we could win some games. Yeah, Winston is not bad. And yeah. Coach Brown is taking him in the right direction, I think. And there's this quarterback that's coming in next year. Everybody loves the quarterback that's coming in next year, but um, that kid looks legit. He even he, he even looks like I would hate him. Like he's this beautiful, tall. Um, his name is like Nico, and you're like, oh Jesus Christ, black kid or white kid? He's white. I'm want to guess Italian, which isn't doing him any favor. Oh fuck! <laughs> I think he's from California. Don't tell him it's a meatball. He'll never he'll never release. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, there's, there's title. Don't tell him it's a meatball. <laughs> but there's all kinds of uh. Optimism as far as that goes, but everybody's wanting the the backup to play all the time. I don't know, dude. Let's let the guy that sees every practice make the decisions and kind of like it or lump it, dude. I don't know, but we don't really have the offensive line is a problem. We can't. We, we can't haven't run the had ball. a great offensive line since Dan Moses and those guys played. Yeah, they were undersized 
ridiculously strong and mean. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the best offensive lines to ever play at W. And they knew that what they had in the backfield, uh, they had the three-headed monster. Right. right I mean, that takes some pressure off. Pat White. Yeah. <laughs> Owen Schmidt. You had, basically had a third lineman that could run a 4-5-40 oh, back yeah. there. Who could probably – well, he couldn't outbench the lineman. I mean, his he, he said what his bench one time wasn't great, but he could definitely, like everything else, do better than lineman. He could hang clean like 500 pounds. That's yeah. fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I'm writing down something meatball. <laughs> um, I, it just gets frustrating watching people that I know never played try to. You know what the phenomenon that bothers? You know the phenomenon that bo- phenomenon phenomenon do 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 phenomenon. Uh, you know what the thing that bothers me most is the guys who somehow coach and have and didn't play in high school. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. Strength coach, I can understand. Yeah. That's that's sport, regardless. But if you're and I'm not saying that some guys who probably didn't may, may not have the athletic talent or whatever, but no, no football can coach. I don't even know Joe Paterno played in college or any or in high school. No clue. He doesn't look like he would have. I mean, even in his in his youngest, he looks like a guy that was not terribly physical. <clears throat> Terry Bowden, while he was spotty as a coach, had one undefeated team that was it was Pat Dye's team, but um, at Auburn, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah the, the the year they were on suspension, they went undefeated. Yeah, <laughs> Terry Bowden. His Pat Dye's team. He, re- he recruited it and trained him. And, and <clears throat> but anyway, he was good enough to play in high school and be good enough to go to WVU. But they were talking about when he, when his dad coached at WVU and he was trying to play there, he would just get savaged because he was just not physically up to the task. You know, he's just not. Big but you don't have to be like a lot of the best MMA trainers, boxing trainers, powerlifters are not some of the best guys. You know, um, they they're trainers, but. They didn't. They don't have the physical attributes to actually do it well, but they have the brain to teach you how to do it. Well, actually, they're the. They're in some cases they're better to teach it because, like Mark Repento, who's yeah. the who's the. I don't know if you've heard of him. I know the name. He's a powerlifting coach. His his numbers for a regular person are, to say the least, impressive. But for a competitive powerlifter, they weren't good. But that he's and he made the points like that's why I am a better coach than these guys. I had to work for everything I got. All the other guys who are genetically gifted, they barely had to think about it. So they're not thinking about what they're doing. They're just doing being doing what they're being told. He said, I had to find every permutation I could to, to be to get good at this thing that I really loved. Yeah. So it's like um you do have to uh you have to have perfect technique. Like if you find somebody that doesn't have the physical attributes, but they're still playing like on a major college football team, that dude Put in the time, learn right. the footwork, especially like offensive linemen. Oh, yeah. The footwork is the biggest thing. And the first step. The first yeah. step is the biggest thing. And you find somebody like that to put in the attrib- put in the work, they're going to end up being a very good coach, mm. whether they make it to the NFL or not. You hardly see a lot of great NFL players turn into good coaches. Well, we've discussed this, though, that the percentage of people who can play in the NFL is – Minuscule, less than one percent. It's a it's a fraction athletes. of one percent, you know, yeah. and the fra- and it's another fraction of one percent to those who are good in pro. It's another fraction of one percent who become all pro. Yeah, I mean these guys, the guys who reach the height of pro football, are literally born to be that. Like a guy like Tom Brady is like one in twenty million, maybe. Yes, and we all despise Tom Brady, but I love Tom no, Brady. I don't like Tom Brady. I mean, I, I didn't like him at Michigan. I sure as shit uh, don't like the don't like his political views or anything. But I'm saying that uh, um, he is to 
to doubt his scale is foolish. And he doesn't have the physical attributes like well, what the he what, does, but he but his were more a, a perfect storm. He had just enough talent and and, and ability, but he had the brain. But, he, but the drive and the brain is what came together and made him what he is. You know, um, and then you have the mad genius Bill Belichick coaching him for twenty years. There's a dark side of the now they've got the dark side of football out, and oh they've got God. one about Bill Chil- Big Bill, Bill Belichick. I want to check out. Oh boy, um, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be a good one. Um, I'm loving. You know, the dark side of the ring's a favorite thing, but that's you know. Um, I haven't watched the one of the most recent episodes because I I watched I hear the flight shines, from hell. I hear it shines a very bad light on Ric Flair. And I don't know oh, in my life. It does. And <laughs> it should. It was it's something that we would laugh about. And 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 I did in a way, but when you see the woman describe it, I quit laughing. Hmm. It wasn't she was a she was a nice lady and she was to be on that plate with all those huge guys and they and anything could have happened and nobody could have stopped them. Would it should have been would have been a terrifying prospect. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand that. Like a friend of mine, this girl, she was talking about she didn't like being out places by herself. And I was like, and I didn't get it at first. Like, why? And she's like, well, it's dark and all that stuff. I was like, well, I'm by myself all the time. She's like, you're a 260 pound man. Mm. Like, you know, no, it would take two men to do something new or one really big guy who knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't, that can't be me. Okay. Um, but she said, I'm a small woman. You know, they, uh, there's nothing I can do to stop them, you know, and she's not a weak woman. She's strong. She's, you know, all that stuff. And she, and she's right. So I never looked at it that way. And then that came into play. Sorry. Actively farting When I watched I, I don't know what happened Something has hit my gut earlier But anyway One of those uh, What happened was Ric Flair did his routine Where he puts on his robe And he's swinging his dick around mm-hmm. Apparently Ric Flair has a hammer mm-hmm. um, As he and, should Yeah um, And he backed her up against The galley And was telling her basically to touch it And swing it at her and stuff And she was like Go away I don't like this. Go away. And he just insisted on it. And the thing that incensed me most is Tommy Dreamer saying, oh, that's just, no, fuck you. No, that's not just. That's fucked up and you know it. It was so fucked up that Dustin that uh, Dustin Rhodes was on the fucking microphone and he shouldn't have been. He said, hey, Rick, why don't you just quit that? You know, just trying to diffuse the situation because he the, saw what was happening. Was this in the early 90s, late 80s? They were coming back from England, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I think it was during the Attitude Era. Oh. Uh, Brock Lesnar was on the plane. Oh, so it was in, when they were in WWF. Right. Okay. Um, a lot of interesting stories. The Kurt Henning was on the plane. Kurt Henning did something to Brock Lesnar, and they started to fight. Like, it was play fighting, but those two guys are huge. But Kurt, Kurt Henning was as big as Brock Lesnar is. Um in height and not quite in width, but he was still a huge guy. And they were banging up against the emergency door mm-hmm. in fucking flight. And they nobody could get them to stop. So Jim Ross had to come back. And then the rest of the wrestlers broke him up and said, sit down, you fucking idiots. What the fuck is wrong with you? You know what I mean? I would. That's what have been me. That's why I don't get along with the fellas. You know what I mean? Because this kind of shit happens. And I'm never allowed to let that shit lie. I'm, I always, you know, unless I was drinking, you know, that's one of the reasons I drank, because I knew shit like this was going to go down when you're a young man, and I never liked it. 
I was like, well, if I drink, then I'm one of the guys and I don't have, you know, not that I've been a party to something terrible, but you know, things happen in any, in, in college contexts and all kinds of stuff. And it's just, it made me extremely uncomfortable. And, you know, I don't know, man, I, I can imagine myself sitting on that plane, losing my mind, freaking out. Like for Rob Van Dam, I can tell is a guy like us, mm-hmm. you know, cause he was sitting there and he's basically like, uh, is somebody to tell these guys to stop? What the hell is going on? You know, none of this is good. What the hell is wrong with you guys? Hmm. Spitting on the floor like uh, Dustin Rhodes was chewing and he's opening the thing in the back of the chair and spitting in the chair. Food being crushed all over the floor. Drinks. Everybody's fucked up. You know, um, all kind of shit. I mean, it's just that's fucking irritating. You know, if I was if I've and they and they try to get the flight crew to not say anything. Well, you know, we try to protect our customers' uh, confidentiality. Fuck you. All of them should be outed for what they did so the rest of the world can be like, you're a fucker. Now you need to make up for that. You know, that's my personal opinion. Hmm. I'm not necessarily for cancel culture, but man, you at least need to personally apologize. Go to the people, you know, go to the person. Dustin Rhodes actually, I think, did. I think Ric Flair did too. Did he? Did he apologize? Because it painted him in a bad light, and he came out and said that he apologized for it. Okay, I ago. saw that, but he knew what he did was wrong. Then why didn't he? Uh, he, said, I mean? he said he apologized for it. Did he? Like within a time of time frame afterwards? Okay, I didn't hear. I didn't hear that. Up. So that makes me feel a little bit better about that. I think so. I'm not going to stop liking stop liking Nate. I'm not. Gonna, yeah, <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> Nate's going <laughs> to. That's your title, <laughs> Nate's going to Nate. Um. I mean, at least at least it wasn't Little Nate. Yeah, good lord! If it had been Little Nate, I'd never it. be able to forget him. <laughs> Charles Robinson was so fucking ridiculous. Um, I loved it though. I loved Little Nate. Um, He's still refereeing, I think. I wonder if Flair liked the Little Nate angle. He probably did. He probably thought it was funny. You know, he probably yeah. like rolled his eyes. All right, we're gonna do Little Nate. I guess sure, comedy bit. Everybody gets a mini. He, he he gets on camera. He gets another twenty grand or some shit. So sure, he has bills to pay. Um, well, who am I kidding? And Vince McMahon, he wasn't getting anything extra. Probably <laughs> he probably got an extra grand or two. <laughs> Maybe scumbag. Um, I bet the referees are pretty well taken care. Of. I think they're. Actually I'm sure they're employees. fine. I'm I think sure they're, they're actually f- employees. As opposed to contractors, yeah, I think they are. Yeah, we've discussed that before. I know how, and it's like Dana White. I, I, I can't stand that motherfucker either. Um, well, the thing that all like all of the wrestling organizations do the same thing. They, yeah. they, they have them as general contractors, but all the other ones let them take bookings other places. Right? WWF doesn't, or WWE doesn't. I right. guess they don't let them have their own Twitch channel because there's like gamers. If they have a Twitch channel, they have to give WWE some of the some of the cash. That's fucking crazy. So they're not independent contractors. That's that's indentured servitude, sort of. Yeah, yeah, indentured servitude. I that's why indentured. a lot of them are leaving and going other places where they can take bookings wherever they want, make as much money as they want, and do whatever they want whenever they want most of the time. Right. You know what I mean? Know what I mean, Vern? Hmm. Anyway, how's your week been? What have you been doing? Uh, it's been pretty good. Um, you know, um, just working. Worked. I'm on day shift this week. Uh, 
I hopefully I will stay there. It's been ta- it's been taking some getting used to. Um, four to twelve feels like for some reason I have much more time on my hands. Yeah, because you got all day to do whatever you want. Right, but I'm also dreading work the entire day. Yeah, so all I want to do is lay down and nap before work. This actually stops my nap addiction. I can't, you know, that'll actually go a long ways toward my fitness and fat loss goals. Because if I'm not laying down all the time, then I'm getting up and, and I have to get up and move. Then that's a thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I like it. Um, it's much cooler. You know, the, I can really tell the difference at, at when, you know, noon and then beyond gets there because it starts to get unbearable again. And I can tell this is like the shit. That's the shift to have. And that's why it takes so long to get on it because the people. I don't understand people who love midnight shifts. Like Tracy, my cousin, I love him. And he loves midnight shift. And I do not get that. He's always been a night owl. Like, I mean, he's always been. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, and it's a mystery to me because he's a healthy guy. Like, he's really healthy and he works out and, you know, all that stuff. And, um, and, it just messes with your health so much. It fucks your circadian rhythms up. It, you know, everything is, but some people, it's just like anything else. Some people are able to do that and some aren't. Some people have been working midnight shift for years. My friend Dio has been working midnight shift for years. And he likes it. He loves it. He won't, he'll come in and work. He'll work over sometimes and come in and work before like a four to 12 into a midnight or a, um, a midnight into four o'clock the next day. Oh God. That's the fucking worst. I wouldn't like that. Yeah, that's terrible. That's just, um, but he, he, I, I think he's because he wants to be with his kids and things like that. And I'll respect that. Just like my friend Joe, you know, and they're, I do respect it, but I mean, getting to like it would be impossible. Yeah, I wouldn't understand that. I it, wouldn't it, like it. It, one of the, it was one of the factors that contributed to my low testosterone and, uh, and my mental state nearly collapsing. We all remember that. Mm-hmm. That was about as bad as it gets. So, um, I know that was part of the the equation. I mean, because it didn't start really until then. I lost virtually all the muscle I had going from tutors to going to the plant, you know, because I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating properly, and I was under massive amounts of stress. You know, cortisol was just turned on like a fucking faucet, and it was destroying everything in my body. So, you know, I didn't realize how bad it was until I saw a picture of myself, like, before I started working out and stuff now again, I looked awful. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's a miracle that I was able to recover from it at my age. Yeah, you were on midnights for a year. the first year, then you went to the evenings. <laughs> and that took like three years, and now you're going to be day shift most of the time then, right? Uh, evening shift took four years. Oh, you were on there for four years. Mm-hmm. Woof. So, this is coming up on my fifth year. So, uh, in November, it'll be my fifth year. So, it is, yeah. Um, no, that'd be that'd be three years, wouldn't it? Three plus four. No, that'd be four years. I think so. Yeah, because the first year and then four plus four, you know, it's, it's virtually four years because it's coming up. So, yeah, this is going to be my fifth year. Fuck, I can't remember. Who gives a shit? I don't care. Nobody cares. Uh, <laughs> um. I I really just I'm glad it's over. Um, lots of good stuff coming out. I mean, this is all. Yeah, the the uh, Sopranos movie comes out this week. Dune comes out very soon. I think the middle of the month. 
Uh, Tad Williams' book. I can't remember. I think it comes out very soon. I need to check that. Um, plus, we got Halloween coming up this month. Um, let's see. It just says October. Shit. It's very vague. Yeah, I know. It's coming out in October. Um, anywho. Oh, this is no, it's not going to come out till shit. It's not going to come out until later because hell, the there's a kind of a prequel to it, a small book comes out November 2nd. Let me think of this. I mean, the girl is hot, but I like the exhale. Yeah, after every fart. <laughs> Don't forget your drink. <laughs> this is the best one in the cup. <laughs> I mean, her body's incredible. She's got a big fat ass. Yep. Yeah, right there on your fucking bagel, baby. Yeah. Right on your sandwich. She's I've doing seen, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I've seen that done uh, in kitchens. Yes. <laughs> mm. I've never done that. I never could. No matter how much I hated a customer, I never could do that. Um, Why not? I don't know. Just cross the line for me. Fuck them. That's what I say. I saw a guy take a plate, cut a line up on it, snort, snort a line of Coke off it, and throw nice. a steak on it and sell it. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. That was pretty That was pretty eye-opening. Um, especially for the guy who got the steak, huh? Hey, he's like... This is the This thing is right. <laughs> Was it Richard Nixon? <laughs> Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, he's six months sober. Way to go, Rush. <laughs> I'm glad he's dead. Um, That's rough. Ah, fuck him. I'm glad he's dead. Uh, he's a very entertaining man. When Trump dies, I'll be, I'll be glad he's dead, too. Um, but uh, but uh, I can't remember what we were talking about. I can't either. We were just talking about stuff. We're talking about the fart lady. And then you said you saw somebody cut up a line of coke. Oh, restaurant biz. Yeah, I saw I saw my friend Elizabeth take a guy's bun and rub it all over her body and then put it mm. back on his plate because he was being such a fucking dickhead. Mm. Now, that's a pretty weak you know, thing. It's not going to hurt that bun any. I mean, she was fully clothed and everything and she didn't stick it in her ass or anything. She should have stuck it between. But it was, just, it was it was just ma- it was basically more of a a fuck you that he didn't know about without actually doing something. You know what I mean? So I understood it. Um, she was a great waitress. Um, Sounds like it. No, no. I mean, that was a extremely isolated incident. She was great with people, made good money, all kinds of stuff. And for her to be driven to that point, that guy, I thought about that one day. I was like, that guy must have been a a remarkable cocksucker. It's a real piece of dude. I know. I mean, he was just, for her to do that. Um, I've seen... <laughs> I did see something though that I was worried that I did see because mm. then it was going to I was going to be culpable. Was um, there was a manager, a district manager came to Lone Star while I was working at Lone Star in Kanawha City, and everybody hated this fucking guy so bad. He was such an officious prick, and he was just so. I mean, he was everything. The restaurant, the district, the the regular restaurant manager, or the general manager of a store can go 
a couple of different ways. You can either have a cool guy who does a job because he needs to do it and tries to do a good job, or you can have the massive fucking asshole who doesn't care who he's hated and, and just gets the power and goes off with it. I've, I've seen both. And then you had middle of the road where they're just kind of, they don't know which way they're going. They hate the job. They, they're trying to do good at it, whatever. District managers seem to be drawn in the restaurant industry. I'm not saying any other industry seem to be drawn from this class of people that are social climber, uh, uppity fuck faces. I mean, almost without exception, I've hated every district manager I've, I've worked with in the restaurant industry. Um, couple of them I wouldn't have cared if they got hit by a bus. Hmm. This guy, the last one, the guy I worked with at Cracker Barrel was one of the most uh, pitiful, disgusting human beings I've ever met. Um, the guy, but this guy who was at, came from Lone Star, he came from Virginia, so he had that shit Virginia accent. Plus, he thought we were a bunch of hillbillies and treated us as such. And so he went to get something to eat, and they cooked X-Lax into his hamburger. Son of a bitch. And then they put Visine in his Coke. Oh, that'll give you diarrhea. Huh? Visine, what does that do? Visine can kill you. Jesus fuck. Um, if you put enough in somebody's drink. And it gave him diarrhea. He didn't leave his hotel room for three days. Finally came back in, and he looked like he'd lost 30 pounds. And I knew they were doing it. And I was just like, I saw the guy. I was like, I feel bad about this now. Nobody else did. Mm-hmm. A guy I know said, fuck him. I wish he'd died. I was like, God. I was like, that's a little much for insisting that you cook your steaks properly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah. Visine, though. That's rough. That can kill. Did this, did this guy, uh, what was his reaction? What do you mean? Like, how did he, did, did he notice the, uh, the, he said when he ate the hamburger, it's the worst hamburger he ever had in his life. I'm like, yeah, cause there was chocolate X likes in it. You fucking dumb shit. Cause they chopped the burger up and reformed it, like chopping the X likes up. So he wouldn't be able to taste it in the first bite. So he would just kind of finish it. It was actually fiendish. Was like you guys really wanted this to work. <laughs> this wasn't an act of defiance. This was an, a willful act of harming another human being. <laughs> I'm into it, but no. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That restaurant was so fucking awesome because it was so the the end of the line for restaurant people. You know, you know, there's a subculture of restaurant people that I could do a fucking whole podcast on, and um, for a lot of them, for a lot of the managers, it was either the start of their career as a manager or their end of their career as a manager. They had been. There were so many managers who were there who'd gotten fired for theft at other restaurants. If you start to become a restaurant manager, you're so sought after for restaurants. It doesn't matter if you stole one. They'll still give you a job. So, um, you know, <laughs> there was this manager who she was so coked up. I mean, they were all coked up and, uh, you know, all the drama that was happening, like they were, they all, they all wanted the general manager spot. So the, the, the assistant managers were backbiting and backstabbing the, the general manager and going behind her back and telling the district manager shit. I'm like, you, this is, this is some Game of Thrones shit going on right here. <laughs> um, the kitchen staff despised the front of the house staff almost without exception. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't because I had a link with Elizabeth and with people that I loved. Um, that being said, during rush hours, I hated the I hated the uh, the wait staff. You get to hate the wait staff. 
because they're asking you for stuff and you're working as hard as you can and they start to freak out. And it doesn't matter if you're friends outside of work. I've seen an, I've seen a 20 year friendship in like that over a plate of fucking cheese fries. I'm not bullshitting. Seems a bit petty if you ask this cowboy, but where are my fucking cheese fries? Fuck you, bitch. I never liked you anyway. Like, <laughs> I'm back here like they were dating. <laughs> They're married. This is a, they've got two college age children. How are they going to pay for this? How are they paying for this in the first place? <laughs> um, how much tips does this woman get? Oh shit, man. Um, yeah, and you, I mean, there's slots in When I was working at Chili's with the uh, baby back ribs, yeah, uh, woman, I almost got fired back, for saying how much back, I hated that fucking baby back, baby back. There was a real, there was a real gung ho fucking manager who was, you know, he went to, he had just gotten home from his manager certification class, which they make you do a bunch of stupid horseshit that essentially brainwashes you. So, we started making fun of that, and I put down the thing I was banging on. I said, that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. And he, and he took me aside and said, that, that's a national campaign, and uh, I don't think you should be making fun of it. Where are they now? Where's Chili's now? Closed, that's I believe. Right, baby. And it's a shame because there was good there there was some good, good stuff food. there. Pretty good um, stuff there. But at one point, the entire kitchen, uh, front of the house staff I worked with, and probably most of the kitchen staff as well, was on cocaine really bad. Um, but here's the exception, the 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 thing between, the difference between kitchen staff and front of the house staff. Kitchen staff doesn't need cocaine to run properly. Mm-hmm. Front of the house staff helps. does. So, they were so fucked up, and they were running out slow, so I like grabbed some of them. I was just like, I don't know what the fuck is going on with y'all, but I've got a pocket full of money. Why don't one of you go and score a couple fucking eight balls so you can do your fucking job properly? (laughs) (laughs) You really are a leader. (laughs) You really are a a leader of men. A captain. Oh, captain, my captain. (laughs) Let's get to work. You need cheese fries? Fucking swing. Um... No, that being said, though, that was one of my better experiences in the restaurant. I kind of liked working at Chili's. For one thing, it was clean. It was so clean. It's clean as a doctor's office. I spent, I think, three shifts whenever I was 18 <laughs> years Golden old. Corral. I was at the, the Ponderosa in uh, Somersville, yeah. which I believe is now where it used to stand is now like a hotel and maybe a Sheets. Sheets. Um, Gotta love a sheets. Three she- three shifts. Two of them I was being trained, and then the third one they threw me in at the grill by myself with on the sun on Sunday. That's fucking insane. And I was like, you well, quit, I'm, right? I absolutely. Quit. Yeah, good. I was good like, for you. I'm 18 years old. I can mow grass and make a hundred dollars a week, which is what I'd be making here. Right. So I'm going to do that. <laughs> Did you tell the manager you were quitting? Yes. Awesome. Good for you. What did they say? They're like, you're not even gonna give it a chance. I was like, uh, I gave it three days, and you threw me there by myself. On the busiest day of the week, I don't trust you to manage. <laughs> you me. said that, yeah. <laughs> what they said? Well, if you're going to quit everything when it's hard, like no, I've done many things that are very hard. <laughs> and I will continue life to lessons do. from a fucking restaurant manager. <laughs> from, uh, <laughs> I'm going to continue doing many things that are very hard my entire life. How do you, sir? Forty years old, forty six, and 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 you're working here doing this. I went to Make- high school with his sons. <laughs> And and you're giving me life lessons. And yeah, I'm going. I told him I'm going to continue doing many things that are very hard, but this is not going to be one of them. Right. So I'll come back and get my 120 dollars check, mm-hmm. and I'll see. You later. I'm going to mow grass. This is what I'm going to. Did do. they do the petty thing and mail it to you? So when you came back in, you had to wait for it. 
I don't remember. I've seen restaurants do that so many times. I don't remember that. I tried to. It was. I, went, I, I saw a guy. Ago. I saw a guy came in one time and they did an anonymous paycheck and he flipped the fuck out and said, and he was right. He said, "What you're doing right now is a fucking felony. Give me my fucking paycheck." He said, "Well, no, we had. There's nothing to discuss. Give me my fucking paycheck." I want my money, man. Give I mean, me my money, he man. He would have been within his rights to go back there and take it. Yeah, you know? bud. So, uh, see, that's the thing. These restaurant managers, a lot of them, they they think they have actual power. I've seen them physically intimidate people. I've seen them do all kinds of stuff, you know. And in any other industry, that's over. You can't do that shit anymore. Mm-hmm. But because there's no industry protecting them, but I'm telling you what now, it is over now because the restaurant is. industry is in the toilet. Yeah. And now they have well, to start also, there's a, there's a model that Chick-fil-A is creating. Yes, absolutely. And somebody's going to see how much money they're making and how satisfied their employees are. Well, everybody and wants, if you're a, a person that works in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. you, and you're not like a, a waitress, mm-hmm. you're like, I could just go get on a Chick-fil-A. You get Sundays off yeah. every week, no matter what. Right. $14 an hour. Everybody, everybody likes their job. Everybody seems to be very fucking enthusiastic. Exactly. It takes five minutes to get through the drive through no matter how many. They talk to the staff in. like human beings and like they value them and all that stuff. I've heard all these great, great things. And I guarantee if there's a manager ever who doesn't live up to that, he is fucking fired. People like, I like mean, the, it's just like the shit on about the, um, the anti-gay stuff but uh they i don't think that with, enters into their business does but yeah they have plenty of gay employees and they're like yeah but right. this i don't like that but everything about the, else about this place is wonderful well i know i mean i ate there yesterday we loved it me and jama yeah it's delicious you ever had the milkshakes absolutely we were just talking banging. About <laughs> <laughs> their lemonade extra banging I had a Wendy's lemon. The other day I went on, I went, uh, before my 24 hour fast, I went on a sugar bender mm. and I shouldn't have done that. Definitely shouldn't have done that. Uh, it's garbage. I mean, I, I got, let's see, I ate, I ate, well, it's after I had gotten home and I felt terrible. Like the weather had changed and I thought it COVID again. I mean, it was just allergies. And, uh, so I ate McDonald's. So I had to get up the next day. And do something like I don't have time to do anything. So I grabbed, uh, I drank a lemonade, mango pineapple lemonade from Wendy's, mm. which had so much fucking sugar in it. At the bottom of the mountain, I bought a fucking Slurpee. Oh, Jesus Christ. And drank that. What are we doing? On the way. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do a 24 hour fast to get my insulin profile back in fucking place. Jesus Christ. Um, I actually shouldn't have eaten that thing, but it's so all you walking in here. Is your foot sore? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm beyond that point. I've lost 25 or 30 pounds, but, um, you know, it was just bad. And uh, I don't know, man. It's just so much sugar. It's a lot. Yeah. But it rules. You want to do favorite things? Yeah. Let me figure this out. Real okay. All right. Load up. There we go. Okay. Oh. Take two. Favorite things. We haven't even mentioned Aaron Elena. Who? They're um 
they joined the satanic church. So hmm. I get a feeling when this uh, when this baby's born, they're going to dedicate its life to Satan. I think it might be the Antichrist. It might be. I mean, so I don't know that we'll see them again, but I wish them well. Ever seen Rosemary's Baby? Yes, I have. It's a great movie. I think Nick one of the, Cassavetes. One of the things that disturbed me most, and I guarantee he put it in there on purpose. That's a Roman Polanski yes. joint. He's <laughs> was very aware of who's God joint. I hate that shit. I was thinking about that today. I was just like, call it what the fuck? It's a fucking movie, um, or film. Film is a little bit uppity, but it's still okay. Um, I think when you go back that far, since it was actually on film, you can call it a film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still think you can call him a film. If you want to. Mm. I'm going to make fun of you for it, though. Well, you always have. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the people in the satanic circle was Clara Edwards from fucking uh, Andy Griffith. Yes, yes. yes it was. And she said, hey, was Satan, like, really loud. And she, yeah. I'm like, he put that in there on purpose to fuck with people, to let you, to let you, you know, to make them think a Satanist can be anybody. Mm-hmm. That's Clara Edwards. Yeah, you know that was definitely that by, was a very he, creepy movie. He's br- he's he's brilliant. And so that was by design. Yeah, I mean, for all of his shortfalls, Roman Polanski could write and direct a movie. Oh fuck yes. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily care for Rosemary's Baby. My mom loves. There's it. kind of a modern version of it called Mother. Is that what that it's, is? It's not the same thing, mm-hmm. but it had it has echoes okay. of it. You know what I mean? Right. It's very weird, but I really liked it. But I like weird things. I like things that kind of make you think, like things that don't really have an answer. You know what I mean? That have you ever seen Eraserhead? I think I tried. I can't. Sometimes I can't really do that guy's stuff. Um, David Lynch. David Lynch. I watched just one of the previews and it was enough for me. I was like, that's, that's creeping me out, man. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's very creepy. All this stuff is very creepy. Except Dune. You know, he took his name off Dune. Oh, he did? Yeah. Because he didn't like it. He hates it. I mean, it was still kind of creepy. Um, it was creepy in that sci-fi e kind of way. Um, they very much limited him what he could do um, to make it a true David Lynch thing. You know that he was offered this is this is crazy to do Dune. Dune. He, he turned down Return of the Jedi. Are you serious? He was offered Return of the Jedi. What in the fuck would have happened? With but Return he made the, the best call. He said, "That's not me." He's like, yeah. I, I think he was very nice, but I'm flattered. I think he even said, I like the Star Wars movies for what they are, but I can't that would make be, that move. I do want to see his version of what it would be great, like, but it would be very psychological and there'd be Oedipal shit everywhere. You know, it'd just be like, oh, you know, um, there'd be a lot of body horror type stuff. You'd, you'd see Vader out of his suit more, like, you know, really creeping you out kind of shit. Um, David Lynch is a big body horror guy. Yeah. Um, body horror. Him and Cronenberg freak me out, dude. I can't do it. Um, even though Cronenberg did direct uh, History of Violence, which is one of the greatest fucking movies I saw. I think it's. A, I think it was a '90s movie. I feel like I've seen it or early two thousands. Uh, Vigo. No, it had to be early two thousands because there's Vigo Mortensen after Lord of the Rings. Um, he plays a guy who runs a diner in this small Pennsylvania town, and uh. History of Violence. Maria Bello is his wife in that. And she's pretty hot. Ed Harris is in it. William Hurt. Yes. 
The craziest part about the whole thing to me was there's a side story at the very beginning of these two guys who are just degenerate, violent. You can tell they just go through towns and murder people and don't give a fuck. And they're, and they're I don't think they're gay, but they're gay adjacent, but they're just like gay adjacent. <laughs> But I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I'm saying that they are definitely united on some kind of level, sick level with what they do to people. So the, it shows him staying in this hotel and it shows him sitting outside and one guy sitting in the car and he said, uh, do you pay the bill? He's like, no, I'm going to go do it. No, he's like, yeah. He's like, anybody left in there? It's just like, and it didn't, the, it didn't add up what, what they were saying until you see that they murdered everybody in this little hotel. So he's just like, well, you know, I better go back and double check or something. I think this is how it goes. There's a little girl sitting in there. Couldn't be more than five. And he kind of grabs her and goes, Shh, and then he shoots her. And so mm. and he does, but they don't show him shooting her. You just know he did. Um, anybody who can look at a child and murder them just deserves to be murdered. I mean, they're just an awful human being. Um, and then they have the misfortune of going to this town after that, at the end of the diner's business hours. And one guy asked for a cup of coffee and he, they come in to sit down at first and Vigo Mortensen's run the place. He's like, uh, guys, we're getting ready to close up real polite, you know, very Midwestern type. Uh, you know, you come back in the morning if you want or something. The guy's like a uh, coffee and, and then they're not going to give it to him. He says coffee screams. And, and so he gets some coffee and the waitress like is freaking out. So he takes her aside and he gives him, the coffee and then they pull out a gun. They're going to kill people in the diner. So then Viggo Mortensen jumps across the table, grabs another gun, shoots one of the guys around, shoots another guy, gets stabbed in the leg. I mean, it's a whole thing, but he shows a lot of acumen for killing these two guys, but it might be that he's an athletic guy and could have done that. They keep you guessing. I don't know if you want to watch it, so I don't know. I might want it. Spoilers don't matter to me. Well, so then he was on the news. So then Ed Harris shows up. I seen the whole thing with his, Face all fucked up, one of his eyes just damaged beyond. He's blinded and stuff. He's on calling him Joey. He's like, My name's Tom, sir. He's like, oh, We're going to play through this uh, charade, Joey. And he keeps on following him around, calling him Joey. Turns out his real name is Joey Cusack. Cusack is an Irish name, so he's an Irish gangster in Philly. Hmm. And, um, he he's the one who did that to Ed Harris's face. So they come to his house and start harassing his wife and son. So he kills them both brutally. He takes one guy and just destroys his face by doing this. Rams his nose up into his brain and just de- destroys his face. They show it. He has no nose by the time it's over with. Jesus. And his face is a, is a gory ruin. So, and then he shoots Ed Harris. Um, but then all these questions, because he's not from this town, and nobody knows where he was coming from, and he, he tries to play it off and said, I, I don't like my past. You know, I don't like my father was this, this, this. And he's, he's telling the truth, but he's telling just enough so he doesn't have to tell the rest. Well, at the end, um, the people won't leave him alone, so they're going to send more people after him. So he gets in a car, and he drives, you know, however long to Philly, and William hurts his brother, and he goes and kills, kills his brother. Jesus That's Christ. the end of the movie. And he goes back, and... You know, it's because at one point him and Maria Bello were really in, they're in love. They're, you know, they're not newlyweds, but they're one of those couples who really loved each other and have a great life you know, and stuff like that. And then she finds out that he's been lying to me this, this entire time, but she still loves him and still attracted to him. So they have this sex scene on the steps and it's a hate fuck slash nearly rape type scene. But she's into it at the same time. It's weird, man. It's just a weird dynamic. 
And um, they're trying to get back at each other at the same time. They, you know, it's all these emotions wrapped up in this thing. And it's one of the most ugly yet erotic scenes I've ever seen. I mean, David Cronenberg is a genius. He's a genius director to be able to bring that scene out. And, you know, and people like me who are laymen know what's going on. You know, I, I can see what's happening there, you know. Um, but it's, you know, give it a shot. It's a good movie. Um, I don't even know how we got on this. <clears throat> Favorite things. David Lynch. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Dune. Dune. The, all the trailers and stuff are starting to come out from Dune. Dune has got a massive word of mouth campaign spreading. They've made $80 million during a pandemic. In so overseas. Like, yeah. It's, it's out in Britain. Yeah. Like, it's beating Shang-Chi. Hmm. Um, and I figured it would because it's Dune and people have been waiting for Dune for, you know, 40, almost, almost 40 yeah. years. So, um, well, they had one on with a young McAvoy on uh, Sci-Fi Channel. And William Hurt's in that one, oddly enough. Oh, William um, Hurt rules. Um, which was good. It just was low budget because it's Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. Um, At least it wasn't like another Sharknado. <laughs> God. I hate things that try to be dumb. I like things that are dumb and are aware but they're of trying it, to be but good. they're trying to be good. Yeah. Like Return of the Living Dead knows it's dumb, but it's also trying to be a good movie. Yeah. And it succeeds. Um, that's also going to be, uh, again, our first play on the Halloween Don't say play. our, because I will not be there. <laughs> I will be up here getting my DS'd by hookers. Neat. Um, you'll have to go to Charleston and get the stoots. I will. Yeah. I will. Don't worry about that. All right. Um, not to worry, my friend. <laughs> I know several women of ill refute. Repute? Refute, repute, repute. <laughs> uh, um, so Dune coming out is a, is a favorite thing. Uh, the season four trailer for uh, Stranger Things is out. Have you watched it yet? I have not. Oh, shit. Um, throws you for a loop because it is definitely not 80s to begin with. Um then on top of that, the the Cobra Kai trailer has been released. I sent that to you as well. I did not watch it either. Oh shit! So as is this the where is the the closest? Right up. One year ago. No, no, down. One month ago. Sneak peek. I haven't even seen that one yet. Eleven. You're listening. Holy mother of! No wait, that's season three. This just came out a month ago. Something is coming. It is almost here. That's definitely from the new movie. I automatically saw one of the things. Did you see him like carrying that flamethrower thing? Mm-hmm. That's from Phantasm 2. They have definitely seen Phantasm 2. And that might even be in that movie. All right, pan back down. Because I, I guarantee. One day ago. That's it. That's the one. This is it. Oh, this looks like the 50s, baby. Yep, definitely. Early 50s as well. Might be going back to uh, Hopper's childhood. Scatting. I keep forgetting that, yes, he would have been a kid in the 50s. That's crazy to even imagine, isn't it? Children go running. But this isn't Hopper's childhood, I'm telling you that right now. I love you. Birds singing in the sycamore tree. 
Rosemary Clooney, I believe. It looks like a shining situation. Mm-hmm. Members only jacket. I wonder who that is. Are we time traveling now? No. That's oh, okay, this, they're in that house. Of, yes. Okay. We're supposed to be looking for here. The world is full of obvious things, which nobody by any chance ever observes. Ooh, he's got Lucas has the Gumby. Mmm. <laughs> Fuck yes. Hell yeah. God. And let's check out Cobra. That should, there should be a link in your messenger. Date announcement one day ago? I don't know. That looks like it. Many of us used to be enemies. Yeah, this is the one. But rivalries don't need to last forever. The All Valley Tournament is just a few months away. The stakes are higher I love than how ever. important. I know. I like the fact, I think this also... trick in the book. Makes fun There's of only that. One way we're going to be able to beat. By kicking their asses so hard, they shit themselves. They strike first. We'll pre-strike. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We're going to take back the valley. Take it back in a measured and organized approach. We bite first. They're not the only ones teaming up. Terry Silver, Silver, baby! If you would have told me a year ago that our family's safety depended on winning a karate tournament, <laughs> I would have thought you were joking. Here we are, living in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Mrs. LaRusso is the voice of reason in the whole fucking thing. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? I like what she's talking to Elizabeth Shue. She told you about the whole, you know, death thing about being in two different karate dojos. Yeah, and. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid i know i love it she's so great she's she's the every man in the character like i can't believe what you guys are doing what are we what is this? <laughs> why does a 40 year old tournament matter to anybody right now <laughs> you were 15 you know that uh, daniel is the same age as mr miyagi when they first met and, and i think in this season or he might even be last season yeah i saw a thing that proves that people are aging slower really mm-hmm Hmm. Interesting. That's one of the things. They said that it's nutrition, it's preservatives, it's a bunch of things. That doesn't mean we're necessarily healthier, but it does mean that our aging process is slowed. Hmm. Um, it's also good things like nutrition, physical activity, the fact that people don't have to – too much physical labor grinds you into the dust and makes you old before your time. I'm living proof of that. Mm-hmm. So um, – it hasn't aged me here, but it, my body's definitely fucked up from all the physical labor I've done. So, um, and I, I know that takes its toll, but they, some of the pictures they showed, like, this is my dad when he's 25 and he looks like he's 40, you know? Yeah. These are my parents when they're- Well, Wilford Brimley in Cocoon was 50, and you look at Paul Rudd, he's 50, God. you know? 
<laughs> Paul Rudd looks like he's 36. Yeah, they showed a picture of Wilford Brimley next to Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise and Wilford Brimley are the same age in this picture. Tom what Cruise is fuck? nearly 60. I know. And he looks 38. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. A gen- well, I mean, generous. He looks 38. Uh, but the actors also have access to HGH. They have yeah. access to, you know, all the shit that they don't tell us about. Um, plus anabolic steroids, all those things. Yeah. So. But still, the skin looks so tight and it doesn't look like he's had any reconstructive facial surgery. He still looks like the same guy. But yeah. If he's had some, it's been very subtle. Yeah. Um. But you can tell Tom Tom Cruise this guy stays in shape. Yeah, he works out a lot. Mm-hmm. So he's very dedicated. The, well, and the he, whole Scientology thing it seems to work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> provisionally, yeah. let's say uh, LRH baby. <laughs> I watched their meetings and they're so crazy. <laughs> LRH, and they, we're in this and they, big giant. I'm like, have you belt. have you seen fucking interviews with this guy? God, he was. I mean, seeing that going clear documentary and having to deal with that stupid fuckhead. Um, and he had bad teeth. Yeah, everything about like him. It, his gums were rotting. It was real gross. Um, anywho, um, I uh, like I said, I lost. Uh, I've lost probably over twenty five pounds at this point. Nice. Uh, have lost some strength. My bench and my squat went down, but not by enough to be. And I don't really bench anymore, so it doesn't matter. My overhead press has, has gone up. Uh, my ability to, I'm almost doing weighted chin ups now. So, um, that's briefly around the corner. When I can knock out five sets of 10 chin ups, it's time to weight them. That's a little, that's a little too easy. So, um, would you hang a 25 or? A- no, that's a little heavy. Probably a t- start a 10 and then do five sets of five again or however many I can get. And then, you know, once I get up with that, another, another 10, you know, five or 10, I don't know. Um, Start off with a two and a half. <laughs> no, that's that's not enough. That's juice ain't worth a squeeze. Um, I can't Start do with two two and a half. I can't do that's five. I can't do uh, dips anymore. For some reason, my shoulders hurt too bad to do them. Dips are an awkward. Uh, I was always good at them, even when I was fat and out of shape and dying down at the beach. I was I was so fat and I could knock out fifteen dips. Um, it's just my push for so long was so strong from all the bench pressing and overhead pressing, all that shit. And now where I just don't focus on it as much, I'm just not as good at them. And, but my pull has compensated. Like it, it, things flip-flopped. My pull wasn't good back then. Now my pull is so much stronger and my push isn't great. Um, uh, my plan is to get down to 220, maybe even 215, and uh, build back from there. If I get 250 after dropping all the fat off, I'll be fucking jacked. So, you know, it'll be, I'll look at like a completely different 250. Um, I need to start uh, working out again. I started doing the yoga again and I uh, trailed off on it and I need to start back again. Yeah. It's mostly my feet. My feet are hurting me more lately. And it's because uh, in the yoga, you squeeze your feet into the mat mm-hmm. and that strengthens them and shit. And yeah. I just kind of stopped doing that. And I've noticed playing disc golf, hiking 10 miles during the rounds. Um, when I get home, the area right between your ankle and your foot, mm-hmm. that area right there, the muscle there, really fucking hurts. And I think it's because I haven't been doing the fucking yoga. Yeah, it's a stabilizer muscle. Just haven't been taking the time to do it because I'm lazy. Well, man, it's I've been it's, resting on my laurels. It's it's hard to. I mean, you work so hard at it, and at some point, you know, you do want to be able. I, I'm going to tell you this: when I'm 45, when my 45th birthday, I plan to be uh, 250. With at least old guy abs, 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's and that's when I'm going to be like, well, okay, now it's maintenance time. I don't need to. I've got nothing left to prove. Nothing else. You don't have anything stuff. to prove anyway. I know I don't, but I have something to prove. You don't to get myself. a gold star from me every time. I, I have to. It. <laughs> I have something to prove to myself. So um, I made this deal with myself, and every time that I've trailed off and, and done a done a sugar binge day, I snap right back out and said, "No, we're not doing this. You know, this we're not going back down this path. This is not acceptable." And then I go right back into it. So that's really the key to be able to forgive yourself from for doing something like that. So, um. Uh, what else? Favorite things. I started reading uh the first. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you ever had to read Last Mohicans. I don't think I did. James Fenmore Cooper. It's part of a trilogy called The Leather Stocking Tales. It's the Deer Slayer, uh, Last Mohicans, and the Pathfinder. And I started reading the Deer Slayer. Um, it's definitely a product of its time. It is. Very forward thinking for its time, but for now, for now, it would be considered anachronistic thinking um, because it's condescending to uh, groups of people. Like the Native Americans are, dairy, are definitely portrayed as either villains who are anim- essentially animals or noble savages. All that stuff. It's not, you know, it's it was definitely it's de- you know Michael Mann when he made the Last Mohicans movie. I thought it did a good job of. You know, this is not the way. This is the way it was. This is just a framework for the story we're telling, you know, but we're not telling it as James James Fenmore Cooper would have told it, you know. Um, That's a good movie. But he was apparently a lunatic about accuracy. He wouldn't let him carry a a kind of rifle butt if it wasn't particular to the to the air. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, and they and they said it almost derailed the movie because he was driving people crazy with it. Like they, the the production people show up. That uniform doesn't fit. That you know, he'd just be like that, and they'd be just like, "Dude, we've been spending two weeks on this shit," you know. So um, that being said, I like the movie. I've gone back to the fact that I discovered one of my favorite points in history, other than the the classical era and all that stuff, is the frontier and the uh, discovering of America, quote unquote. I got into a big discussion about this on. Uh, there's a lot of trolls on uh, on Instagram too, because uh, it is social media, and uh, especially with stuff about uh, native peoples and stuff like that. There's one picture of these four Native American girls standing in full dress around a a plinth where Columbus was that had been taken down, and he was on the punk rock site, and they said this is really punk rock. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah. And then some guy said. Uh, you know, if they had maybe if they'd have fought something back then, then this wouldn't have. I was just like, you're a fucking dick. You're just being a dick to be a dick. Yeah, you're some white asshole sitting in your basement who thinks you're a fucking you're an alt right alt right hero because you do this shit. You know, and the alt right has been. I don't know if you noticed, it has been steadily more vociferous, especially to the native community. That's going to be that's going to get worse because with things like reservation dogs and there's another show and that that starts a snowball effect where. Indigenous people are going to start being really they're, – they're getting ready to experience a big renaissance. Like, they're coming back, and they're going to be – it starts with something that small, and it builds into something huge. Uh, and they're going to, that's going to put them more at odds with alt-right people because alt-right people and and really the average asshole American really like Trump. I mean, he's a, he's a good uh, – 
representation of what white America, average asshole white America thinks about natives. They're contemptuous of them. They don't give a shit. They think that what happened was um, really covertly. They say it's a good thing because they were a bunch of savages and all this stuff. That's that's basically what they think. And he's been and he has said things like that. And he's been on gone on record, you know, attacking the New York tribes for not looking like Indians and shit like that. And they're like, are you out of your fucking mind? You know, and all this stuff. And um, that's going to get worse. And. Uh, I mean, it was a, it is a favorite thing that I've you know, that I have read this and, you know, and, but it's also, it's a, it's a, also a, a, an avenue to be stressed out to, I can tell. Hmm. I, I've not, when in the, when trying to correct these people on these things, I've not been argumentative. I've just point by point refuted what they said. You know, very, that's the best way to do it because the more, the, the calmer you stay, the more pissed off they get. You know what the best so, way to do it is? Not engage at yes. all. I get it. I understand. Let them scream into the abyss. I understand, but I there's still that thing in me when I see somebody say something that's obviously just being a fucking prick. I want to refute it and be like, "This is why you're dumb," and this is not me saying you're dumb. Most this likely, is proving that you're most dumb. likely what it is is a bot. It definitely in, wasn't a bot. I could tell. Uh, it wasn't a bot. They're very sophisticated. These bots, they'll take people's pictures and create whole new accounts. And there's bot farms and all over the world what's the purpose of the bot farm then to create division well i'm saying but that's that's fertile ground if you're going to create division there's fertile ground there already oh yeah i mean and i and and i stand by what i said about the there's going to be increasing clashes between you know average white america and native americans that's going to happen like one of the things that the uh that they do is they'll have they'll set a protest up at 46 main street mm-hmm. and for one thing say black lives matter and then they'll set up a counter a, a trump rally at 49 main street directly across the street mm-hmm. and then they'll try to make them fight that's what the, that, that's what they'll do at the exact same time right you know that's what they that's one of the things that these bots do to create division and cause chaos <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> you see how impressed I was with that. I'm, so, well, I mean, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm just tired. I believe you. It I, is of true. course, I believe you. I mean, I know you know. I know you know what you're talking about. But I am saying also that a lot of the things they point out in Reservation Dogs very subtly are, you know, existing things. Mm-hmm. Like the white couple arguing before they hit the deer. Yeah. You know, and being the guy being well, what they want the whole damn thing back. You know how many times I heard that. You know, especially being in Ohio, which the worst white people, where the worst white people live, um, basically, and and saying the exact line, well, they got the casino, they should be happy with it, and this and this, you know, all those things, mm-hmm. and they say those things, yeah. and and they say you think, them. You don't think black people say them? What do you mean? You don't think, about Native Americans? You think it's only white people that say them? I mean, in what context? In that context, about Native Americans. Yes. Yeah, I'm, probably I think, I think I'm, everybody says those things but well uh, yeah okay I, i'd say I, i'd say more white people say definitely that. that's what I, yeah i mean because most i would say I bet asians say that i would say a lot of black people see that see them as a common person in the struggle as well you know as uh, against that group of people mm-hmm. but then there's that group of black people who somehow believe that africans are the real native americans which is my favorites asinine you know my favorites uh, well the uh they just discovered footprints from 22,000 years ago in rock or fossils or some that, shit yeah. 
in North America and they didn't think people were here that early. Right. So they might be right about that. Africans, I have no idea. Um, Why would that make them? Africans? I have no clue. It, that's not true. <laughs> really? <laughs> that, the only thing that would prove is that people were here before. Right from before. what I understand, everything comes from Africa anyway. So that is true, but it's true by degree. Yeah. Because what the fuck was I going to say before that? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I just have no idea what I was going to say. No, I, was, I completely lost. Well, it. it's like with white people, especially mm-hmm. your Western Europeans. Yes, all human beings come from Africa, but it came in waves. And there were different kinds of people coming from Africa at different times. Sub-Saharan Africans, we've discussed this before, ad nauseum, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of sick of talking about it, have no Neanderthal blood. They don't have any of the other blood in Asia either of this other group that they just discovered. Only white people and Asians have that group that have that blood. Western Europeans having especially the Celts and the and the Germans, all this stuff, and the Brits having a large percentage of Neanderthal DNA, enough to make a difference, to give you white skin, to give you red hair, all those things, you know. So, yes, all people come from Africa, but it is in waves, and in and, and some ways we are not related. So... But in some ways we are because those people did interpret, you know, see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's so distant a past in such a massive timeline that it's hard to pinpoint. So, yes, ultimately it is true. And I have said that a thousand times before that all human beings come from Africa and that is true. But they came in different times and they have different cultures and they're different groups. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what I was going to say, but now I can't. I'm sorry. It, no, it's completely my fault. I spent a lot of years smoking a lot of marijuana. <laughs> um, then the football head injuries and all those things. No, I, I mean, and there are groups of um, Afro-Indigenous people. That's a thing. That that's ex- that completely exists. James Earl Jones is a Native American. He's part of, an, of, of a hybrid African-American, Native American tribe that was formed only after those two groups and, and went off to break, to break off to make their own tribe of people. That is definitely a thing. But what isn't a thing is, you know, all African people being Native American. That's just silly. That's not a thing. So that's that's an. Oh, I was going to say. I was going to say my favorites are the Black Israelites. Yeah, they're a bunch of screaming at people. Fucking morons. I love it. I hate them. Um, I wish we had them in Charleston, (laughs) just to scream at me and call me a honky and a cracker and stuff. So I get a little bit of entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> I know that would not affect you. Hey. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I agree with everything you're saying. I am a piece of shit. I am the white devil. No, it's part of that. It's part of that. Uh, all- berate me more. It's the only way I can come. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of that group who want alternate histories told. And I fell into one of these. The book to hell or Barbados about, about Irish slaves is not accurate. And there's a whole cottage industry with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's not real. They were indentured servants, and yes, there were Irish slaves, but it wasn't like that. It's, it reminds me of that book written by Mick McMickelson. <laughs> yeah. Hell, hell of a writer. Yeah, hell, hell of a guy. Hell of a writer. <laughs> no, it, and it's like there's a, there's a theory advanced that the Olmecs in South America were actually African, which is asinine. That's not true. If they were any group with their features and stuff like that, it would have been Polynesian peoples who would have had access mm-hmm. to that part of the world. You know what I mean? It's just... People want so much to lay claim to something that they're willing to fall into something and believe something that probably isn't true. So, you know, right on. Any any uh, more favorite things? I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Well, my favorite things. Um. Uh. I played in a big disc golf tournament. Yeah, how'd you do? Me and I Jay forgot to I finished ask. in the middle of the pack. 
which well, is about good. what I wanted. Yeah. I didn't enjoy the way I played because I know I can do better, but I didn't do better that day. So, but I did finish. But in, you finished in the middle of the pack. Of these the pack. people who actually do this stuff. Well, most, I'm not saying you don't actually do it. You know what I mean? Like no, they do it. Out, you know, well, there's a, different divisions. I cool. finished in the middle of the pack and novice, which is, I mean, but I, that's still, I really wasn't good. happy with, with it. Got like, there's a way they rate rounds. And like, I thought like I, I threw like a, 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 it was two rounds. I thought I threw like a 300 rated round, but it was a seven, 90 and a 747 rated round and i was like oh okay and we're playing in a tournament with people that play that particular course mm-hmm. all the time right jmo finished i think sixth i finished ninth um a, a local uh william bailey he's like this 60 something year old dude he just kind of throws a little forehand every time and it's it works every time <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he doesn't even do a run up or anything. He's like, well, here we go. He sticks his tongue out when he threw. <laughs> Where'd uh, he finish? Uh, he finished first. He oh won. my god! Yeah. Really? That's yeah, awesome. from the chase card. Good for him. <laughs> Me and him were on the chase card together, and he finished first. Oh shit! Um, there's it's, it's a weird culture because there's like this dude that plays at all the tournaments. I've only played in three, but everybody knows him. And then there's this guy, William Bailey, who won the tournament. This guy might be in his early 30s. He shaves his legs. He has tattoos all over him, like the big gauged out holes in his face and stuff. And like him and this old dude are buddies. That's awesome. That is so. It really is. Like only in this world. Right. They're like fist bumping each other. They're rooting each other on like, man, this is wild. United over something that they really love. Just some some weird thing that everybody everybody gets together and does like. I, it's so cool. Like I would, you, these people would never meet mm-hmm. in any other circumstance. It was so weird. But I, yeah, I uh, had. I'm not going to say I had fun. I had, oh, I had fun the first round. The second round, I got tired. There was a, an hour wait between rounds. That's and, enough time to cool down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then um, there's five people on each card. Normally, it's four. And uh. Some people play slower than others, so there'd be a 15 or 20-minute wait to tee off at each hole after the first few holes. So it took forever. We didn't get done till 6 o'clock. I didn't get back home until 8.30. I missed the first quarter of the Mountaineer game. Mm. I don't have cable, so I had to lay. Um, you know how if you have internet, the cable still works, but if you don't have a box. So I have yeah. the cable plugged in into my bedroom TV, so I had to lay in bed and watch it in standard definition like a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> but it did kind of take me back. I kind of wanted to turn off the audio and listen to the radio and I listen to the kids have, in Afghanistan film. No. Yeah, I know. I feel so bad for it. I can relate now. I'm going to fucking join UNICEF about this. <laughs> the scary part about it is there's somebody out there who actually believes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Things like that. Yeah. But I, I shot okay. I missed some missed some putts that I should have made. Uh, threw out a bat. I got a good rip on one, dude. And there's this gap. It might be a 15 foot gap that's like 70 foot off the tee mm-hmm. and everybody was missing the gap and hitting the fucking trees on either side of it and i ripped it right through the gap and it was just an inch too high and there was this little branch hanging down and knocked it down and i was like and as soon as it hit the branch i just sunk my head and everybody's <laughs> like it was still good dude everybody when you, everybody would have traded for that I was like, yeah you're right you're right i like the fact that they were so aware because <laughs> yeah, nobody else hit it All right nobody else hit that gap and i fucking put it right through there and there's a little branch sticking down just tinked it and knocked it right down out of the sky or else it was going to be perfect right exactly where i wanted it Got a uh, threw out of bounds after that, and got a, ended up getting a double bogey on that hole. Shit, yeah. But it was fun. 
Ish. Where was this at? Princeton. Princeton. Or uh, Bluefield. It's in an area between Princeton and Bluefield. I think on the map it's Bluefield. That area, Glenwood Park. That area gives me a weird vibe for some reason. A lot of meth down there. Is there? Seems like it. I'm talking about it's like, it seems like it should be ritzy and stuff, but it isn't. No, it's definitely not. Yeah. But it's a nice little park. Nice little park. The course was nice. Like, it's one of the more... Uh, fun and supportive communities like there was like this 50 some year old dude playing with me on my card like he's a dad and and then there's the other guy william and like his buddy michael hayes who i kept calling michael ps hayes <laughs> you know what you were talking about just went right over his head <laughs> <laughs> just went just and he was smoking cigarettes and i was like well this rules <laughs> Just went right, like, how do you not know Michael? Probably was clapping with a cigarette in his mouth. You'd have been in your twenties whenever Michael P.S. Hayes was a thing in the eighties. You know, like, you should know this. That's one thing I forgot about on the Dark Side of the Ring. Um, X Pac. Somebody uh, roofied, basically roofied, roofied Michael P.S. Hayes. Oh man, because he was. You don't have to roofie Michael P.S. Hayes. He's always down a clown. And he was drinking, but he wasn't getting crazy. Like he was responsible, and he was whatever he was, whatever. Yeah, I'm not trying to take away from your. I'm saying this is an interesting aside. He he always had that. That fucking wild ponytail. Yeah. Xbox went up and cut it off. <laughs> he threw a holy hell fit. Like he was like, who the fuck? I was like running around. And Jim Ross is talking about like X Pac. <laughs> you didn't call him X Pac. What are you doing, Pac? Come on, Pac. Come on. Uh, What's that? What are you doing that for? I never liked That's him. that man's living. <laughs> He, lo- he loses all of his strength if you cut his hair. He's like Samson. <laughs> Next thing you'll be t- asking him to take the rebel flag from around his shoulders. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> uh, history doesn't shine a good light. No, it does. Freebirds does it. it. Does My not. word. <laughs> it was so awesome when I was a kid, though. Coming out to Freebird back when you didn't have to license. One of them music. was wrestling a black guy and, and called him a disgusting black man. <laughs> like- <laughs> probably wrestling JYD. He probably told him to say it. Probably. I mean, yeah. you know, there was racism in that, in that era, but they played it up. They're like, this is going to sell. And we're in Atlanta. You can get a good heat from the crowd if you call me a disgusting black man. Yeah, but don't make Ron Simmons mad. Do not make Ron Simmons kill mad. You. Do not make Ron Simmons mad. very good friends with Butch Reed. There's a whole thing about how strong Ron Simmons was on the podcast. Jim Ross said he would lift weights four times a month and still go in there and bench 500 pounds. Jesus Christ. I mean, he was just freakish. He's still probably pretty strong a bit. Probably. He's, He's got his old man strength now. Yeah. now. Um, yeah, the tournament was fun. JMO finished in the middle of the pack. We had uh, Chick Fil A afterwards. Neat. So that was fun. JMO got a few discs. You got a. I got to watch some people throw it into the lake. That was cool. Mine did not go into the lake. That was also cool. Um, Mountaineers putting up a fight. Should have won that game. Should have won that game. Yeah. But it's not a Mountaineer season unless we throw <laughs> one away. Right. That we should win. We'll lose to Kansas now. Mm-hmm. Kansas coming on. <sighs> Fuck. We already threw one away that we should have won. We should have beat Maryland. Yeah. But now we uh we threw away we threw away one that we shouldn't have won that we should have won, if you know what I mean. Like we shouldn't have had a chance. It's on just paper. like the Golly Bridge Travelers, except take a take out should have won and put in shouldn't. And it's exactly the same. Shouldn't we we shouldn't have been able to stay on the field with them, but we did. Yeah. That defense is tough though. Yeah. I don't know, is Jeff Castile back? Was he the guy down at Tech? Uh, no, I don't think they, so. They had, a, they had a coordinator who was down at Tech who was a uh, coordinator under um, Dana. I forget his name, but I know who you're talking about. He was actually a nice guy. He, he talked to me when I was uh, in the 
uh, tech weight room one time. Right now, he's the outside linebackers coach, Jeff Castillo. Uh, 60 or 59 years old, excuse me. Yeah, right now, he's uh, the outside linebackers coach at WVU. I'm guessing he has a heavy hand in the um, defense because he, he was the defensive coordinator most of the time when Rod was here. Yeah. So that porous fucking short pass defense drove me fucking batshit. Back in the day, the yes, they, don't break. Yes, it, because it, some, some smart teams going to pick you apart, and they do. You know that you're 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 not giving up the long ball, but you're also giving up three short balls, which gives you a, a first down. You know, mm-hmm. and they, and they would just dump it out to the side, and they'd be playing a, a pillow coverage. I'd be like, dude. And I saw it coming every time, and it made me mad every time. But what it did do was it lulled them into a false sense of security, and then he'd bring the house whenever they tried to go long. Okay, that's you know uh, I mean? I, yeah. I mean, I just it's a it's a definite gamble. The defense never had good numbers then, but they always were able to hold up when they needed. Well, they to. were consistent. Yeah, I mean, they never gave up. They they hardly ever gave up the big. Last play. year, they were the number one scoring defense in the country. I think. Shit. Yeah, I didn't know that. And they brought back most of the team. Um, other favorite things started watching a show called the plot against America. Um, it's about maybe the 1940 election before we entered world war two. I don't know if I, it's an alternate history thing. Um, who's the guy that flew the spirit of St. Louis spirit of St. Louis, Lindy, lucky Lindy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he was a Nazi sympathizer. Did he decide to run for president then? Or is this I think he, complete alternate history? I don't know. I think he might have. I'm not really. In this version, he won. He won. That would have been bad. And he's isolationist. Stay out of the and war. I, I'm only as far as he's. We're staying out of the war. We're not going to get involved. Right. That's only as far as I am. He wasn't so much of an isolationist as that he was. He believed in Aryan. In Aryan stuff, and he was. He was a Nazi. He was actually. I think he was a member of the Nazi Party. If I'm not. Yeah, at focuses, least to a certain point. It focuses on a Jewish family, and they're very distraught about him not wanting to join in the war, right? And him winning the presidential president and stuff. So I don't really know much about that, but it's an interesting show. A lot of good actors in it. A lot of good acting from those good actors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lots of Jewish people. I like watching them. <laughs> like watching them do their thing. <laughs> Hey, hey. what you can't make with the fish <laughs> one time like in one of the scenes uh one of the women takes care of their old elderly mother and she walks in and says mom you want i should make you a sandwich i was like they, they really talk like that? you want i should make you a sandwich <laughs> elwood blues for some reason talk like they talk, talk like that too i watched blues brothers the other day and he he would say things like that but he wasn't jewish i think it's a hmm. chicago thing blues isn't a jewish name they definitely weren't Jewish. The Bluesteins? <laughs> they probably changed it at Ellis Island. <laughs> I actually made this meme, <laughs> and I was rather proud of it. When the Gentile boys and girls treat you like molded white fish, all of us. <laughs> <laughs> I constructed that from top to bottom, and I put it up. I was like, this is going to be my claim to fame. <laughs> Nothing. Hardly anybody liked it. I'm like, that's fucking great. That's Hanukkah Harry. And that's, that's actually a part of the skit where... Uh, they come to hug Santa Claus and he says, what am I? Well, did whitefish all of a sudden? <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, all that new, the, uh, it's the weird history YouTube channel. They have the timeline series. that talks about random 
like you watch a yeah we talked we talked about this one yeah 1982 you just watched all the things that happened in 1982 it's a very fun little thing to watch they're usually like 20 minutes long mm-hmm. i really enjoy the shit out of those um i've watched most of them from the 80s by now i'm gonna start getting to the 90s um and that's about it that's about all i really have i started uh the devil all the time and it's great but again we discussed this i, I remember sending you met sending you lots of messages about this I knew Pattinson was in it, and I knew he was good. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to that part, though, because turned it off because it was really disturbing me right before mm-hmm. bed, and I couldn't have that. So, um, at the beginning, there's another preacher with his brother who drank strychnine or something like that and put him in a wheelchair. I think they were full of shit because, it, because he acted like he was simple, and later on, he wasn't simple. So, I think that was an act. All that shit in that era was, half of it was performance art. And and getting a job, being a preacher, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. They they were paid for that job, so um, a lot of charlatans running around, but also a lot of lunatics. And that kid who dumped the spiders on himself was a lunatic because he ended up killing his wife and all that stuff because he thought he could bring her back to life. That's where Christianity goes, kids. Just remember that. But um, the thing about it was is that the kid looked so familiar, and it was driving me crazy. And then. Pattinson kind of entered my trance. I'm like, oh, I know he's in this. And then I was, and then it broke. I was just like, that's Dudley Dursley. That's Harry Potter's fat cousin who was, who was a bully to him. And he plays an Appalachian preacher in the devil all the time and fucking nails it. Proves that kid is a good actor. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's nuts, dude. It's nuts. And the fact that they cast nearly all Brits or at least Europeans in those roles you know, you have the Skarsgård kid playing the West Virginia guy. He almost got the accent right. He's real close. Yeah, he's pretty good. And he also got the he he more got the the Appalachian men, especially of the era, have a real grim, tough personality, where they're very God fearing, but also you know will drink and 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 cuss and smoke. What's what's the old saying? Drinking of a of a Saturday, preaching of a Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's 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 what really what they're like. Um, also, not afraid to fight and good at it. You know, um, that real Appalachian toughness. And um, he really nailed that. And was good at it. He turned into an asshole after, which I was sad. And then he killed himself. Um, Tom Holland, I saw him briefly. Did a good job. A decent uh, Appalachian slash Ohio accent because they were living in Coal River at that point, weren't they? Yeah, so they were in Cold River. Um, uh, the girl from Alice in Wonderland got to play the the uh, Dudley Dursley's wife and was and had had barely a speaking role. I mean, she she spoke in it. And when she got stabbed, she got a good job selling it and all that stuff. I mean, she's definitely a good actress. She's um, Australian. She's Aust- okay, but you know, again, a, which is the Appalachia of other countries? Basically, yes. And also, apparently, one of the reasons I've, I've seen this in some other place. One of the reasons that Brits can so easily imitate either an Appalachian accent or a Southern accent is because it's really close, mm-hmm. like drawn out. Yeah, dial- the, 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 and diametrically or something like that, or, or I don't even know that's the right word, but it's structurally wise, it's very similar. Um, like the, the posh British accent is an affectation. I mean, like it was. Right. Like it's been learned and everything by now. But the Cockney was not. Yeah. I mean, those the Cockney people really talk like that. And the ones who are like the country English people really talk like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
yes, the really quintessential posh British thing is an affectation, but a British accent is not an affectation. I mean, that's that's a, that's a misconception. People think that because that one thing is true, the rest of it isn't true. Those people living beside the docks in fucking London have always spoken like that. As a matter of fact, in things like Charles Dickens, when he would write how they spoke, it was like that. You know, it wasn't some kind of American country accent that they think, well, they used to talk like, no, they never, they never talked like, spoke I've like I've played that. this before, but this uh, Tangier Island, Virginia. Yes, I've actually seen this. I want to play it again because they think this is what the actual British accent sounds like. Are you going to play or you're not going to play, you piece of shit? Once they let people start talking. 100 people. You can hear some of the most unusual Not this guy varieties in remote This is in Virginia? Areas, yeah, Tangier Island, right off of Virginia. Coast. The speech heard in some of these places may sound very old-fashioned to outsiders. I can hire him in your Saturday night. Mm. Right. They drove us by him out. I had to get out of him. His been calling and cussing at me all day. She was yeah. Yeah. She said, they think that's the actual <laughs> regular British accent. The first permanent shopman, white shopman on the island, was in uh, not, uh, uh, sixteen eighty. You can sort of hear that in Baltimore and in Philly too. Boston, now. yeah. The Boston has been corrupted by. That's probably a more British thing. That the Boston thing has been corrupted by Irish immigrants and you know uh, all different groups. I mean, that's Southie accent. Something dropping your eyes. Something else. Um. Mm. You got anything else you want to run your mouth about? No, I think that's it. I got to take a dump. Neat. Yeah, it's it's sitting there. It's ready. Turtle head, buddy. Mm-hmm. What should we go out on? Let me see here. Hmm. 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 Let's just go out on the fucking. Uh, Right on the uh, just a the theme song. Fuck it. Eight. Fuck it. Thanks for listening. Go fuck yourselves.